Welcome to our Living in the Garden podcast. We cannot even begin to express how grateful we are that you are here with us today as we share in our friendship with you and one another. You're here with Allie, Haley, and Taylor, and we are overjoyed to walk through this living garden hand in hand with you. Join us each week as we chat about authentic friendship, our struggle buses, accompaniment, and all of the happies and crappies in between. Without further ado, grab a cup of coffee or a rice cake, cuddle up in your comfy, and let the fun begin. Hello, ladies. Hello. How are you, Tane? I'm good. How are you? We are just fine and dandy over here. Yeah, we're doing well. So good to hear. Well, I am so excited to be back with both of you and all of our listeners for this seventh episode of the podcast. Hmm, seven is a good number, you know. Hey, it's like the perfect number, really. I mean, like seven. So we have a lot to live up to. We'll do our best, though. <laughs> Should we start with our roses and thorns of the week? For sure. Yeah. He else want to jump right in? Yeah, I'll go first. Okay, so my thorn of the week is waking up early to go sit in a cold car and waiting for it to warm <laughs> up. <laughs> and then there's like that thin layer of ice on the car that you can't scrape off with your scraper. You just have to patiently wait for it to melt. And then you get out of your car finally to go scrape that thin layer of ice and it does nothing. And then you realize that you just have to run your windshield wipers a couple times. That happened multiple times this week. I don't know, but it was getting on my nerves. But I think it's because it's like the third week of me doing this. And I was like, oh, I just don't want to anymore. But that was my thorn, kind of like a, I don't know, relatable thorn, I think. And then my rose of the week was we had the seed conference uh last weekend Friday through Sunday and afterwards they had this table full of all of this free food that you could take home and so I took like this giant box that the sandwiches (laughs) used to be in and I packed that thing full of brats hamburgers hamburger buns pasta salad fruit snacks chips veggie straws apples oranges you name it yogurt the chobani yogurt that if you buy that from walmart that stuff's like 10 bucks for eight of them and so i just took all of them (laughs) oh really fancy peanut butter and pouches i learned i really enjoy those (laughs) and then we got home i asked one of my roommates what we should do she's like we should freeze the hamburgers (laughs) so we have hamburgers in our freezer for another time but it has been incredible this week eating all of that food (laughs) Honestly, Haley is the thriftiest person I think I have ever met in my life. And so she literally, it was, it was a glorious day for her with a free table of like good food, I will say. It was a good sight. Oh my gosh, the bananas. I forgot about the bananas. We took, each of us took a bunch of bananas home. So we probably had like 18 bananas. 18 or 20 bananas. Yeah, so many bananas. <laughs> so because we didn't realize each of us like picked up a bundle and they're already brown, but we're like, we're not going to let these go to waste. So Sunday night we made banana bread. Monday night we made banana muffins and we're still working on both the banana bread and banana muffins. And then Wednesday night, I think I made banana ice cream. <laughs> it was just... <laughs> You've just been eating bananas. Wow, you're not lacking potassium, that's for sure. Nope, not at all. Well, Taylor, what is your rose and thorn of the week? All right, I think my thorn, this isn't really a real thorn. It's just kind of a funny story that's sort of a thorn, I think. So y'all know my car. It's just 
a piece of junk kind of, but I love it. I love my car so much. So thankful. And I feel like the viewers need to listen to this too, because you're all invested in my car drama, right? You really are. Um, so it's been having just a couple of issues and I actually, Allie's dad offered to look at it for me because that man is just a saint. I love your dad, Allie. Um, so he looked at my car and he's like going to fix it. And he told me today after school, like, oh, just drop your car off and I'll take care of it. And I was like, sweet. Well, I just have the hardest time finding this place that he works at. So I'm like on a scavenger hunt throughout the town trying to find your father. And I'm just, I'm just not sure where to go next, but I eventually do find it. I think there's two places with like the same address, but it sent me to the way opposite side of town. Mm -hmm. And, but then I got there eventually. And so that was nice. I'm very thankful that he's fixing my car. So if you're listening to this, Jim, God bless you. Thank you. <laughs> um, so that's kind of just my funny thorn, not really real. Um, but my rose is that today is the feast of Our Lady of Lords. And I am obsessed with Our Lady of Lords because I'm obsessed with St. Bernadette's and they, you know, they kind of just go hand in hand. And it was super sweet today because at school we made these um, crafts, like a little grotto for Our Lady of Lords to go in. And it was just so cute. I know it's the simplest thing and the kids probably didn't think a lot of it, but I'm like, you know, if this one little craft can open their mind to the love that Mary has for them, then that's beautiful. And I will do these crafts every day of the week because just that exposure from a young age, I think is so good. So it was just really fun to get to do that with them this morning. Mm. That's so good. <laughs> Um, my low for the week, I don't know if you guys ever feel like this, but just a little lazy with the to-do list. Like you, you definitely have things that you can do and then you just don't do them or you find other things to put in their place. Um, so I feel like I've been not my best friend in that sense, <laughs> like just not really getting things done, um, in a timely manner, but that happens every once in a while. Uh, my... Hi, though, is, um, okay, I have to look this up quick, but one of my students, he, <laughs> oh, no, sorry, I'm going you like just an idiot, <laughs> okay, just wait for it, um, so one of my kiddos in class, like, at the end of each day, we do, like, this thing on their computers that they have to do to study or whatever, and one day, all of a sudden, we heard this cat sound, and we're like, where is that cat coming from? And we just look over, and there's this one kid, like, wide-eyed, and I'm like, oh my gosh. So I went over, and I asked him what it was, and apparently, I want all of you to go to this. It's called bongo.cat, and it's simply a cat that plays the bongos, um, but all these other sounds. And so, this sound he kept making... <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny so I was like you know what I'm gonna bring it home I'm going to see if I can trick my roommates into thinking that there's a cat <laughs> and so Haley has this history with the cat that's in our apartment building um that she always sees just running around and so the other night I literally was in my room which is right next to Haley's and I go three times and, and I didn't hear anything from her room at first and I was like oh maybe she didn't hear it um but all of a sudden there was movement and I was like, she definitely heard it 
and I thought she was going to know that it, know that it was my computer but sure enough she comes out and she's like oh my gosh guys did you hear the cat is there a cat in here and I was like yeah I heard that too and so I'm like maybe it's coming from the vents maybe it got out again <laughs> Here she is looking over her room and out her window. And I didn't have the heart to tell her that it was on my computer. Um, it was so funny. And then eventually I was like, Haley, it, it was the website. <laughs> and it was what my sixth grade boy showed me. So it was so funny. Sorry to expose you like that, Haley, but it was such a fun moment for me. <laughs> It was so funny because I was listening to something else and all of a sudden I heard this cat noise and I was like, okay, I probably just imagined that. And then probably five seconds later, I hear it again. So it's like spaced out really strategically. And then five seconds later, I heard it again. And I was like, this is nonsense. So I stood up and I went out of my room and I was like, there's a cat under my bed. <laughs> Like, I do not understand, but I love it. It's so good. Oh, I feel like such a child, but honestly, honestly, people, go to bongo.cat.com. You will not be disappointed. Oh, man. Okay, we can get serious again, but I hope that was some comedic relief for your, your day. Wonderful. Wow, thanks for being such a champion. Yeah, no problem. It was a humbling moment. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Okay, should we get started with our conversation for today? Mm -hmm. All right. So this week, we thought it'd be really um, just timely and cool to talk about what we should do after that quote-unquote Jesus high that you might receive from going on retreat. And the reason it's so timely is because we all just finished um, going to the SEEK conference, which is a conference hosted by Focus every year. Um, and it was so, so good. Um, and we know a lot of you went on this, um, to this conference as well. So we thought maybe you could get something out of this, but even if you didn't go to SEEK, you can probably relate to this on some other level if you've ever been to a bigger Christian conference and you can use this podcast to learn for your next experience the next time you find yourself going on retreat. So with that being said, let's just jump right in. Yeah, so the verse that we picked for this week was from Colossians chapter 1, verse 6, and it said, That has come to you in the same way the gospel is bearing fruit and growing through the whole world, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's word. Ooh. So what does that verse kind of mean to you all? What do you think that? speak into your heart yeah I mean I definitely feel like after retreat you you're surrounded by community first of all you're typically getting filled up with all of these good graces you feel just kind of extra close to the Lord uh just with everything that's going around there's like high energy everybody's sharing how the Lord is working in their lives you get all of this like consolation and just like closeness hope love like peace, all of, all of those things that we associate with just like being consoled. Um, and it kind of, yeah, like you were saying, Taylor forms into this like 
Jesus high. Like you're kind of like, Mm -hmm. just like on cloud nine with the Lord, um, just like racking it in, super happy, super pumped up um, and all is good and well, you know? And then four days, five days later, the retreat ends and we all kind of find ourselves in this boat of like, now what? You know, Mm -hmm. because typically then you aren't surrounded by all of the people that you were with in the community. Um, Maybe like those feelings like, like hit that really high, high, like you think of like, even like a sugar high kind of thing, like it hits its peak and then it like drops back down. Like maybe those like feelings aren't there. Um, And that's pretty normal. I would say that's not like a new thing by any means. I think the line that stood out to me to you in that verse was uh, just it had just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it, and so even if you heard the Lord's voice so profoundly on this retreat and you never hear it again on your own in your own prayer, just to know that like the Lord's voice is still there and that He's still speaking to you, it just might look differently because you're not surrounded by the same community and group of people that you were on that retreat or conference. Yeah, Haley, I totally agree with what you're saying there. I think it's so important to remember that the Lord's voice is the Lord's voice. And just because you don't experience it the same way, it does not make it any less valid. I think a lot of times when I go on retreat or just have like a good moment in prayer in general, I trick myself weeks later and tell myself like, oh, that wasn't really real. That was just all in my head. But in the moment, I knew it was so real. So I think that's why this conversation is really important to have, because I think a lot of us kind of play that trick in our mind saying like, oh, that wasn't a real experience, but it totally was. And the Lord actually wants us to have those experiences so we can be fueled up for the journey because he knows that it's, it's not easy by any means. So I think that's why he gives us those moments of grace, um, especially on retreats so that way we can walk away from it stronger than we were going into it. Right. That's so good because the majority of our life kind of if you think of like like a wave like the majority of it is kind of like in that middle zone you know like sometimes you have lower lows sometimes you have like those higher highs um but the majority of life is like spent in kind of like that that median that like constant consistent flow and so knowing that like the lord is like there in all of those um and that he never changed it's he's kind of like the straight line that just goes all the way across and we're the ones that like keep bouncing mm-hmm. up and down from him kind of thing um and i think that's really good to remember in those in those seasons and just yeah when we sometimes feel attacked and sometimes feel really good we have to remember that he, he really is that constant and we're the ones who are kind of doing all the bouncing around mm-hmm. yeah and just remembering in those like middle ground times that the lord is good and that he is faithful and he will never let you down Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think in those middle ground moments too is when I have to most remind myself that our faith isn't based on emotion it's based on truth um, so while it is such a gift we can have those like emotional moments with the Lord that's not why we're Christians that's not why we practice the faith we practice it because Jesus died for us and loves us eternally um, so I think that's always just so good for me to keep in my mind after retreat especially yeah, I agree. I feel like retreats honestly are kind of a good testing ground for our faith in all honesty, because it shows us like, like, just like that high, like that 
consolation that we feel in those moments. Um, but then we, we find ourselves in the situation of like, okay, are we going to remain faithful even when we don't feel those emotions? Like when we don't feel that all, all the time because our, yeah, our faith isn't based on feelings and it's not based on emotions. Like if I compare that to a marriage, for example, if I only like, like loved my husband, if I felt like it, then <laughs> like that wouldn't be a very good relationship you know what I mean like there's like that constancy and consistency that has to take place and it can't necessarily be on based on emotions um so so this is like if you're ever feeling that kind of thing where you're like gosh I'm just not really feeling like as close as I was when I was there or like gosh I I'm just not really feeling it anymore kind of thing because I feel like that that's like a common phrase sometimes for us um just remembering like it's not necessarily based on all the emotions and that's such an easy trick that the devil can honestly really play on us um but remembering that the lord is constant and good and always there with us regardless of emotions or feelings we get with it do you have anything else you want to add onto that part of the conversation or should we jump into some practicals for how to make all this goodness of retreat last and sustain for the weeks to come yeah i think like a good analogy with that is like a burning fire um if you throw like newspaper on a fire it like lights up and burns really fast and it's really bright and like hot but then it like quickly <laughs> just like dies and you have nothing and if you're not a camp counselor like Haley who can make it work and you're just some average Joe like <laughs> Taylor and myself <laughs> it's not gonna go very well <laughs> sorry pull that one out of the hat <laughs> um so you need to like have like a good foundation, like good things in place and like um, practicals, I think established that that can act as like that foundation and that like good wood. Haley, are you like a teepee kind of gal? Are you a stacker? And I'm like a shanty kind of a gal. If you don't have a good shanty, it's going to burn out. So let's, let's get into some good shanty practices, shall we? <laughs> Ellie, I'm always impressed with your analogies because they make so much sense. <laughs> And one thing I love about your analogy, Allie, sorry, this is not planned. I'm just going to start talking here. Um, the fire, even though it starts to die down, it doesn't, like you never said in your analogy that it burns out. And that's the same with us. We never burn out completely. The fire can always be restarted with the right amount of poking and prodding. You know what I mean? So when an expert like Haley comes into your life, she can restart that fire. So always remember, even if you feel like you're in a low spot, you can still start that fire right back up. So good. Yeah, what would you say are some practicals today? I would say just to start while on retreat, you just need to be present. You need to lean into everything that the retreat has to offer and be open while you're there. So that might mean meeting new people. That might mean praying a new prayer. It really could mean so many different things. But while you're on retreat, I would just encourage everyone to be really open to new things that way you can fully experience it and not walk away with any regrets mm. taylor can i piggyback off that and say also when you're off of retreat be present to where you are because sometimes i feel like we can take ourselves back like you were saying and being like well when i was on retreat um but like being present to like the fruitfulness in the in the moment that you're at after the retreat as well mm. Yeah, I think another thing that you can do while on the retreat is to keep a journal. I know Taylor does this often to you too, Allie, and just like write down everything that stands out to you. That way you can come back and pray with it later. Because if you're just starting a prayer life or you just need that more fuel to like 
um, have that conversation with God, you can always come back to like your journal from what you heard from some speakers or another like small group member. Mm -hmm. Now the Lord is to remember his works and so to remember those moments that he was good and when you did really feel close to him, that's, that's good to reflect on. I think another really important thing for me that has helped to make retreats more fruitful is when I am done with the retreat, making goals for myself. Um, specifically making goals that aren't just super general. So they're not like, oh, I'm just going to pray more because that goal is pretty easy to just not do because it's not very specific. So for example, my goal after leaving the secret retreat was I had a couple goals. So one of them was to attend daily mass at least three times a week. And the other one was to start praying the rosary daily. And the reason why I think those are good goals for myself is because they're very specific. I can't beat around the bush with either of those. They're measurable. They have very specific numbers to them and they're attainable. I totally can do them. It's not out of my reach um, and they're relevant to my life. They're areas that I need to grow in. So they're not something totally crazy that has nothing to do with my life right now. So I would really encourage people to make goals for themselves as they continue forward after a retreat so that they can continue living in the graces. That's good. I would also say, um, I was experiencing this literally this week, but to just be aware that the devil will be prowling like a lion ready to attack. Um, he really just hates it whenever we get close to the Lord. And so honestly, leading up to a retreat and then usually following it, he like attacks hardcore um, because he doesn't want you to receive those graces. And he sure doesn't want you to make smart goals <laughs> that are going to continue to bring you closer to the Lord and bear fruit from that experience. So being on guard um, and just being aware of, yeah, just different spiritual attacks. Like if he's like coming at you hard with some lies, like bring, first of all, stay consistent in your prayer and then bring others into it with you. Like we're not meant to do it alone by any means. And so um, having just, yeah, being, being your own best friend and not letting yourself be isolated in that, uh, but continuing to maintain that community of people that you were just around um, and bringing those into it with you, because it's a lot harder for him to work when you're not alone. Uh, but then also just having the grace with yourself as well. Like things aren't going to go perfect. You have to be gentle. Um, we don't, we don't want to be our own worst enemies in that sense. So just being aware, I would say, and then also having the patience with yourself when things do get a little difficult. I think going along with being gentle with yourself, recognizing that you might have to change your goals or the plan after. So if your goal isn't going well, don't abandon it altogether maybe just tweak it a little bit because the Lord still is trying to reach you, but maybe you just need to change your approach a little bit, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And just a little bit more to add on to when you tweak your plan a little bit, I noticed there's one time I went on a mission trip and I got home. We always did morning praise and worship and I absolutely loved it. So I thought I would start it at home. In the first couple of days of doing that, I just felt the Lord's presence so deeply and I felt him speaking to my heart in a different way that I've never felt before. And then a week went past later and I just was like, I don't hear him. I don't feel him anywhere. And just remembering like the Lord is still there, whether you hear his voice or not. And sometimes his voice just changes a little bit and we're just growing to hear or learn more about how the Lord speaks to us. So just to keep persevering through your prayer routine. Yeah. 
Yes. So, so true. I would also say to just share the graces from the retreat with anybody who asks. Um, I personally have troubles with this sometimes. Like I shy away from the conversation. Um, like if my parents ask, if just other people that maybe I don't really know that well are like, hey, I know you went on like seek, how was it? Uh, sometimes I'm like, it was good, <laughs> but like pressing more into that and like allowing those graces to flow from you um, because they're not, yeah, they're not meant to necessarily just be kept in this pretty little box, but to more so they become more beautiful when they're shared with others and then others can relate to your story and, and receive the graces themselves as well. And sometimes we have to practice how we're going to share it and which is super awkward I know but sometimes I find myself when I'm driving home from a tree I just sit in my car alone and I'll talk it through like this is what happened this is a story because people want to hear your stories you know they don't just want to hear it was good they want to hear yeah the retreat was so good and this is a talk that really spoke to me and I really heard the Lord's voice in this way because then you're able to draw them more into what's happening in your heart and through that they're able to see Jesus at work so I think it's important that we really practice that if we need to um, in order to convey the whole story mm. wow good stuff ladies uh hopefully y'all can take a little bit away from that um if not we're sorry at least you got the bongo cat um <laughs> how about we move into how the gardener is working in your guys's gardens this week so I think for me this week, the word authenticity has been sticking out. So I went to confession over seek and it's one of the words the priest pointed out to me as I confessed my sins, you know, he said a word that's really sticking out to me is authenticity. And he really just challenged me to look at my own heart and to really ask myself if I'm being authentic. And the truth is I'm probably not in some areas of life with, which is a hard truth for me to handle because I would like to consider myself a very authentic person. But I think the Lord is just revealing to me some of the ways that I'm maybe not being my fullest self. So just to give some examples, I guess, um, if people ask me how I am, I don't really tell them. <laughs> I just give them the answer that they want. Or if people ask for my opinion or just whatever, I'm very good at reading people, I would say. And so I know the answer that they want. So that's normally what I give them, which is kind of a blessing and a curse, I would say. So I'm learning to be more authentic with myself and with others, but even, yeah, myself, I think sometimes I trick myself into thinking that I'm a certain way when really I'm, I'm not, if that makes sense. It's still a new concept that I am exploring with the Lord, but it has brought a lot of clarity, I would say, to my mind. So that's kind of how the gardener is working. I think for me, the word peace has kind of been standing out in my prayer and just being present in that just letting the Lord fill me. I've been carrying a rosary in my pocket. So whenever a kid makes me super angry, I just hold my rosary and like, Mary, help me. And so just recognizing how I'm so weak when it comes to patience. And it's something that I see so well lived out in like the lives of the saints and just something that I really need to just let the Lord fill my heart with because I think sometimes pride is something that holds me back, especially when I'm dealing with students. So peace and just trying to like live in the Lord's peace and letting him show peace to the kids too. That's how Gardner's been working my heart. Yeah, I would say for me, um, one of the beautiful things that happened over Seek was just uh, being able to, first of all, just 
join in the community again of my sisters, I would say, like the Lord just kept telling me all throughout it. He's like, lean into your sisters, like draw strength from them. Um, and, and as I was doing that, I was just also marveling in, in the fruit that was like happening before me, because sometimes I feel like we do all of these things and we don't necessarily get to see the fruit of them. Uh, but it was such a gift to be able to see such fruit. And then uh, and just having conversations with it afterwards, just being so like consoled and then literally just like flat out crying, just tears of joy of like, wow, Lord, like you, you have been so faithful. Um, and so I think that he's been inviting me to open my eyes a little bit wider, if that makes sense. And to really just look at the different areas that I, there's so much fruit happening. And I think he just needs me to open my eyes first of all, and then just invite him in and then just be conscious of like looking for it. And so more so just having a heart of gratitude and eyes to see is kind of where I'm, where I'm sitting this week. So that's where we're working on things. How about we go ahead and do some prayer? I won't use the term chopping block anymore. Love to close us in prayer. Okay, here we go. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Sweet Jesus, I thank you so much for this time, this time to be together with Allie and Haley, to talk about you, to talk about the good moments of our week, the bad moments, and all the little ways that you've been present in between. I thank you so much for the gift that it was for us to attend Seek together. And I just thank you too for sending thousands of other people to Seek right alongside of us. I ask that you would just speak to our hearts today, all the little ways that you want us to grow from this experience. And I ask that you just seal into our hearts anything that you want us to take away from the conference, to take away from this podcast, or to take away from any retreats that we're going to go on in the future, Lord. Lord Jesus, we, we just trust you with all of these things. And I just ask that you, um, as we go tonight, that you would just remind us of your great love for each of us, and that you would just be present in our hearts in such a very real way tonight and the rest of our days. We love you, Lord Jesus. In your most holy and precious name we pray. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, you cool cats. I'll catch you on the flippity flip. All right, goodbye. Thank you so much for walking with us today. We hope that you can encounter the gardener of your soul this week. If you haven't already, give us a follow on Instagram at Living in the Garden Podcast and tune in with us next week. Until then, peace out.